Hello and welcome to the King Hero IndyCar Podcast with Curb and Justin. Curb, how are you? Doing well, Justin. How about yourself? Curb, uh, rough day today, but trudge through that. Um, so much IndyCar to talk about that, uh, you know, I'm excited for the podcast. Curb, let's um, let's dive into all things IndyCar, if you don't mind. Uh, mention the sponsors. Sponsor. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, South Street Diner, Boston, Massachusetts. Mention this podcast, and the owner, Saul, will give you a generous discount on your meal. All right. Uh, topic one. What do you make of the uh, George Russell, uh, Valerie Botas, Farkas on George's attempted pass in Imola? Uh, Botas is a whiner, and uh, I think Russell did nothing wrong. <laughs> I have the exact opposite opinion. <laughs> And uh, I was trying to catch you out, Curb, and have you be indignant about mentioning F1 as the opening of our IndyCar podcast, but you didn't fall into the trap. Yeah. I've gotten so used to it, I have no idea what happened in the race, but I thought I'd just throw out a strong opinion. To, uh, well, we'll, we'll get us, move Get us on. off on the right foot. <laughs> we'll move on, but you were dead wrong Okay. in this case. Uh, George Russell couldn't have been more in the wrong. He's the next Lewis Hamilton. How could he be in the wrong? I'll tell you, you never, I mean, you talk about a guy who has, uh, uh, you know, done damage to his career a la Oliver Askew. George yeah. Russell did a pretty good job last weekend. Well, maybe next year on Drive to Survive, we'll find out the truth. It, it's, it's an episode, I guarantee you. I guarantee you. Um, Curb, moving on in seriousness to all things IndyCar. Yeah. Uh, you were a barber. And uh, and and now you've had time a couple of days to reflect on it. Anyway, any impressions you want to give us on, uh, on just the overall experience and uh, what you thought? Uh, I thought Barber was a terrific facility. Referred to it as the Augusta National of uh, of racing, and I think that's well deserved. Um, even though it has you know some 70 less years on its bones, but it. Uh, and um, they do a great job, and they deserve the reputation they've earned uh, over the last uh, you know, 15 or 20 years that they've been around. Yeah, having said that, I thought it wasn't the best race I've seen uh, over the years. Um, I could rant and rant and rant like I wanted to on Sunday evening about fuel saving and how it kills the show, but uh, but I'll just leave it at that. Kirby, now you've been to uh, Road America, which to me now is kind of my favorite race. Mm -hmm. And you've been to Barber now, which I have not been. I've been to the facility, but I haven't been to the race. Uh, where would you put those two if you had to rank one and two? You know, I put that question to my wife, who's not quite the fan we are. Um, and I was shocked to hear that she'd rather go to Road America than to Barber. Um, I was shocked just because I think Barber's very much made, was very much built with the fan in mind and has lots of, Excellent viewing areas uh, where you can see multiple sections of the track at one time. Um, modern road course, I'd say. Um, very well maintained, very uh, you know up to date in its facilities. Road America, rustic, um, classic but rustic, and um, and certainly the way it's laid out. And of course, it's a four-mile track. You 
you see what's in front of you and that's about all you see uh, except for a couple of rare uh, instances there on the site so um, I find Barber hard to hard to beat um, I certainly enjoy any day at Road America I throw Mid Ohio into the into the mix too um, closer to Barber and its intimacy and its uh, viewing opportunities um, but certainly uh, a rustic throwback track uh, more like Road America Herb, I, I, struggling to figure out where to start and where to end here. I guess let's let, let's do a little. I mean, obviously the race uh, it's uh, Wednesday now. We've we've uh, there's been a lot of recap of the race. I don't know if we have to recap the race for people. I think everybody kind of knows what happened. I guess one of the 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 interesting aspects of the race to me is first race of the year. So you know, let's let's be clear, it is the first race of the year. Who do you think uh, did a lot of damage to their career and themselves in the first race of the year? I have a few names off the top of my head, but I'm gonna I'm gonna probably start out with uh, Pagano. I think uh, he's really put himself behind the eight ball as the 2021 season begins. There's uncertainty about his contract situation, um, and so I think this does nothing to uh, calm that uncertainty. Certainly the slowest Penske in every session over the weekend. He did end up finishing ahead of McLaughlin on Sunday during the race. Slow in the practices, certainly slow and disappointing in qualifying. What progress he made during the race was largely due to attrition of other cars, I think. Yeah, I don't don't think Roger Penske hires you to qualify 14th and finish 12th. While, While I would say Scotty M didn't exactly, uh, you know, look, it's his second race. Right. I think we need to remind ourselves of that. Scotty M did pretty good considering, you know, it was his second race in an Indy car and he hasn't come from that world. So, you know, I'm going to say not a bad performance for him. Yeah, I mean, it's hard for I agree with you. It's hard for Pagenaud, in my mind, to bounce back from he can't he certainly can bounce back. We saw it a couple of years ago when he he won the, the Indy at uh, Indy road course in the. Uh, uh, and then run the 500. So, you know, that bought him another couple years of job. He's already, I say, in a position where he's going to have to do that again to save his bacon again. Yeah, I mean, lots of talk about rededication, refocus, and all that kind of thing over the winter. And there was no evidence of it uh, this past weekend. And, you know, really a track that they've all, all the Penske drivers had a lot of experience on. Power and New Garden has certainly had a lot of success there. I think uh, really no excuses for him uh, this first weekend of the season. Scotty M. I don't think anybody could complain about his weekend up through qualifying. That's not a bad start to put yourself in a position where you raise expectations with with a positive qualifying session. Sure. I'm gonna add a couple more names in there as to people who did damage to themselves over the weekend. New Garden, kind of obviously, right? Uh, I don't uh, think it's. I don't think that's a career killer. It's not a career killer in his case, but uh, it's certainly a season killer uh, or potentially, you know, it puts him in a hole. Right. Right. And, right. and that's an unforced error for sure. Rosenquist, woof, woofer of a weekend for sure. Yeah. Um, and you've been kind of a doubter and naysayer all along about him. And then you might be being proved right there. That that wreck into pit entrance is never a good sign, is it? Uh, no, not a way to start the weekend. He did show some speed in qualifying, uh, so I have to give him that. But his problems on Sunday certainly weren't his own making. A couple of reasons for optimism, maybe, but a lot uh, a lot of reasons for doubt as well. 
It, well, what it does is it, it, I think it kind of puts him into is he a head case uh, category, right? All right. Does, does he find trouble? I'll just whenever he can. Yeah, and, and, and I think the only way you're allowed to be a head case in the world of IndyCar racing is if you're as fast as Will Power is. Right, exactly. <laughs> somehow some, somehow I knew where you are going with that one. It's hard to match <laughs> head case and Will Power. Yeah, but, but, but you know what I'm saying. I mean, he's right. going to have to be as fast as Will Power to, to get past. You know, if, if he does turn in to be one of those head case guys, uh, he's got to be super fast at times. Right. And if he's not that, then he's just going to be an ex-Indy car driver at some point. Right. Oh, yeah. And I, Ryan yeah. Hunter Ray claims to have had a drivetrain issue the whole weekend. I don't know if you caught that. Sure. Yeah. I, I guess we can accept that at face value and say that's what happened, but he's going to have to do better in the future as well. Yeah. I mean, one-year deal to come back with uh, DHL. No guarantees they'll come back again. And if they don't come back again, then he might not come back again, right? So got to be feeling the pressure, I would think, a little bit. And um, mediocre qualifying puts you in a position to be taken out in an accident like that one. And uh, that's what happened to him for sure. Okay, I'm going to throw one more name in here for you, Curb. Hinch. See, that's the one I was waiting to throw in. Uh, But, yeah, very poor weekend for Hinchcliffe as well. Puts you back in the – at least puts me back in the quandary of wondering whether uh, it was him or the team when his – Mediocre last couple of years at uh, Schmidt-Peterson. He, he certainly threw it away in qualifying. I don't think that his car really got damaged uh, significantly in that opening lap accident. Once the racing got going, he went nowhere and nowhere fast. And it looks to me like he ended up a lap down purely on pace. Curb, I'm going to do a bit of a mea culpa here. Really? Yes. Okay. Unlike uh, some other people in this podcast, I'll point out when I'm wrong and apologize for it. <laughs> okay. I got to say something that, that I didn't think I'd be saying, but I, I welcome uh, Jimmy Johnson to the series. Really? Yeah. And even though I think I was very right about what I said about Jimmy Johnson and, and you know him coming to the series, and, and I do think that I was right in, in many ways – I think what I I got to tell you the, the the activation of both you know the fact that of him coming into the series and Carvana uh, has been fantastic. You know I don't know if you watched replays of the broadcast or so forth, but uh, you know Carvana is a big participant. You know the fact that you know JJ was getting way more screen time than a normal driver would get driving towards the back of the pack, right? In in the right. race, but but I understand it all, and and I understand why they were doing that, you know, to attract some other people into the the world of IndyCar racing. And like I said, Carvana has been a wonderful, you know, activate, you know, from an activation standpoint, has been great. So I I do see the value here. I I think every time I see an interview with the guy or or hear him talk, he's a class act. I thought when they they interviewed him and, and he talked about Palau, he was a total class act. He is trying something very hard and, and very difficult, and I'm not sure he's going to have success in it. But you know, all in all, it's got it. You got to say it's been a positive for IndyCar, and uh, um, I was not so on board with that. And and now I'm going to say here, and, and maybe I should have been. Well, that's uh, big of you to say, and uh, I guess that might make you a bigger man than myself. He's showing a lot of people how to do it, uh, even if he's not uh, succeeding on the track. And I think it hopefully will benefit IndyCar both in the short run and the long run. 
Agreed. Curb, can you tell me what happened to uh, Mr. Daly during the race? You know, I uh, I got that assignment from you, and I searched and searched. I even went so far as to pull out the lap chart and follow his progress lap by lap. On the Ed Carpenter website, they say that uh, he did have a, some trouble during a pit stop that maybe wasn't his fault. Put him back a few extra spots on track. But uh, beyond that, he just seemed to get passed by a lot of cars. <laughs> I mean, that's, there's nothing else to it. I, I did notice in... Uh, I don't know if you saw Rob Miller's mailbag today, but some one writer to the mailbag said that they had followed daily radio transmissions and um, that the team was just telling him he wasn't going fast enough. <laughs> there was there was no technical reasons for him to not be going faster and was pretty much putting it on him. That's what I found, and I found nothing to dispute that possibility that he just wasn't getting it done on the track. Curve, a lot was made of during the uh, broadcast, um, Mr. Grosjean gross jeans, as you like to call them, mm-hmm. and all, you know, I'm putting this in quotes, all he went through, you know, to to get back to this, you know, race at Barber. Right. And I couldn't help but think, and maybe you share this with me or maybe you don't. Um, Admittedly, the 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 video from that race in Bahrain and certainly the whole the whole thing is somewhat amazing. But when you talk about what he actually went through, he had some burns to his hands that he had to deal with, right? Right. And you know maybe he's still dealing with some after effects of those. But at the end of the day, he had some hand burns. Okay. Correct. Right. And then when you think about all he went through, I, I, I go back to think about those horrendous accidents that like Hinchcliffe or Bourdais had at Indy, and yeah. where we're talking, you know, major, major physical damage, right? Mm, and per, per, particularly uh, Hinchcliffe, I think is particularly Hinchcliffe, and certainly you know, life-threatening in every way. Uh, particularly, again, particularly Hinchcliffe. Although I don't think, I mean, Bourdais was in pretty bad shape as well, right? Everything about Bourdais was just obvious. Um, I don't think it was life-threatening in the sense that once they got to the car, there wasn't any uh, emergency extraction required or anything like that. But the the whole Hinchcliffe drama, the whole story about Hinchcliffe's wreckage. Right. He could have easily perished. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah very easily. And 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 you kind of, I think if you're Hinch or Bourdais watching like the all he went through comment, they're thinking like, well. All I went through, which was many, many more months of rehab and everything else and, and, and all these things for a lot less money. There, there has to be a certain <laughs> part of them that's just like, what What do you mean? Come on. I'd say the Hinchcliffe certainly got the redemption story uh, every bit that Grosjean's getting this time around. So I don't think Hinchcliffe got shorted at all in terms of sympathy or empathy or four days. Certainly a different story, uh, certainly out of the limelight and uh quite a comeback that he made so uh you know they've all been through it. not that they haven't all been through it but i mean people that have gone their injuries they've all gotten played up and a lot of people's stories have been played up for a lot less than either either of those or any of those three guys speaking of birday i mean you know let's talk about some of the positives coming out of barber i mean fifth place fantastic right did you see the picture of his uh underwing yep I mean, it's shredded it was shredded. well aj just said it was a little bit damaged yeah, but I think it might have been in the mailbag, but there was a picture today I saw somewhere, and uh, his left under tray is just shredded. I mean, yeah. it was, 
so that was even more impressive drive than uh, than I thought. I mean, another great drive. Uh, Bourdais' role uh, continues uh, for 2021, in my opinion. Uh, one of the things that I think you and I have highlighted from early on is kind of watch this space with him. And, uh, you know, first race out of the thing, you know, he's doing it. I mean, yeah. fifth for Foyt in the first race of the season on a road course. I mean, come on, man. That's extraordinary. One of those guys that can uh, find his way through the pack even when he doesn't have everything going for him. And uh, a very impressive performance. Curb, the other the other guy that I think you and I have highlighted a bit uh, in previous podcasts and I think um, need to highlight here again, uh, Will Power. Both you and I were kind of scratching our heads of how nobody was giving him any respect going into the season. Not only does he have a, a you know second place finish and a fantastic finish, and and the, but there was a certain Dixon-like aspect to his performance at Barber that we haven't seen from him in the past, which could make him. He got the clean ride that he needed, and hopefully it'll keep up for him as the season goes on. Um, St. Petersburg has been a tough track for him recently, and certainly a lot less margin for error on that track. If you, so um, I'm going to be holding my. Fingers behind my back this weekend, seeing if he can make it through uh, one more race before uh, before they get going onto the meat of the season. But uh, certainly a good start for him. But if that craziness subsides, where he realizes that you know he just has to deal with what he has with Curb, he's going to be right in there this year. Well, that's true, but this goes back to Jack Benyon, right? Uh, he's 40 years old now and uh, 20 some seasons into his career, so it's not like he's a a young and upcoming driver that you're waiting to mature. Curb, I suppose we'd be a bit remiss uh, if we didn't mention uh, Mr. Palau and his victory. It's fair to say both you and I were scratching our heads a little bit when he made the move, or Ganassi allowed him to move to them. Is that the way to put it? Uh, scooped up his sponsorship money, maybe. Yeah, uh, we appear to be a bit silly at this point because you know he obviously had a you know excellent performance in Barber. Were we wrong, or is this just one race and it's too early to say? Uh, well, it would certainly be the latest in a long line of uh, overreactions to somebody's good fortune to anoint him, um, uh, you know, as having arrived on the scene as a contender. But, uh, you know, he's certainly backing up the few the, the few highlights that he had last year. And um, combined with a top-level team, looks like he's got every opportunity to be successful going forward. Um, Curb, they I think, says. I, I would like they- to. Curb, they says he's a title contender, serious title contender. Well, they says that 18 drivers should win their first race this year, win a race this year. So, you know, something's got to give. But he's on Ganassi Racing uh, team. He's won the first race of the year. He's leading the championship. There's no reason not to count him as a contender. You know, not to be overlooked is that the Ganassi team in general uh, really had a great weekend. Marcus Erickson made a great step forward, uh, but Ganassi Racing put three cars in the fast six. Erickson was right there with Dixon until um, he had to uh, save fuel. He had to save too much fuel there at the end. He pitted, I think, earlier than yeah. Dixon did and Power did, and um, probably you know if, if uh, there's always if and buts and stuff, but you know, had he not been a fuel saving, you know, fourth place was not inconceivable. Probably fifth case, fifth place at the worst award might very well might have caught him. But uh, not the rest of those guys, I don't think. Well, could we've seen this uh, after the first race of the year. We've seen like these, you know, great proclamations about people are going, and and those have gone wrong. I mean, that uh, quick little so, that quick little bunny Rosenquist. 
Right. Rosenquist was there at one point, right? Um, right. The one I was thinking of, if you can remember back this far, is uh, Graham Rahal at St. Petersburg. As a 19-year-old or 18-year-old? Yeah, as a 19-year-old, right? Yeah. And that was the beginning of a multi-championship winning you know, uh, career for uh, Mr. Young Ray Hall. Well, unfortunately, little did we know that uh, the, the glory days for Newman Haas were going to fade quickly from that point on. Um, so he got caught up a little bit there in an unfortunate situation with his team. But, uh, but yeah, not quite the, uh, the storybook career that was forecast for him at that time. Yeah, so let's not, let's not exactly get ahead of ourselves, I think is what we're trying to say. Yeah, nothing, nothing against Palau. He's got the opportunity to be everything they say. Curb, I got one more bone to pick about uh, Barber before we move on. Pick away. I got two. Actually, I got two bones to pick about Barber before we move on. All right. Fair enough. Okay. Curb, did you notice that the air screen has saved yet another life? How could you miss it if you're following IndyCar uh, the last couple of days? Uh, <laughs> it's amazing. It's uh, hard to believe that any of these guys have been around as long as they have pre pre aero screen days. It's but, saving uh, two to three lives a year from my my gathering, right? At, at least, at least. Yeah. yeah. And how did we get through like 20 plus years without it? I saw a debate online. It's been um, one fatality in the last 137 races pre aero screen, I think, something like that, and. Um, a little bit of mocking going back and forth, but, uh, you know, better to have it than not, I'm sure. And, um, I don't, I'm not sure that tire would have, would have, uh, taken out Mr. Hunter Ray, but who knows all the debris flying there, what would have happened or what could have gotten through. So I'm sure that they're all happy that they're driving with an aero screen these days. Again, I feel like we have to say we're not anti aero screen on this podcast. I think that's fair to say, but, we are getting a little tired of the how many lives it saved in the last three years or last two years it saved six lives I think by the by the last count and that seems highly unlikely compared as is with against the statistic you just quoted. Yeah, I mean, how many times have we watched cars go into other cars and you're like, wow, one way or another they've uh, they've come away uh, usually in pretty good shape. It's it's not anti aero screen, it's anti hype. I guess is the is the point. Did they try to make that case during the race, or is it just the post-race no. uh, social media blitz? It was a yeah, yeah, the latter. Right. Okay. Latter. They were really hyping those kind of claims on air last year. <laughs> well, you haven't heard this week's broadcast, uh, and it could be played up in a huge way. Oh sure. Curb. Um, one more comment about Barber. Um, you have been also a bit reticent to. Uh, shower praise on a, a Mr. Renus VK. This um, is true. This is true. Who actually had a very good weekend. I'm going to, I'm going to take a little left turn off that and say, can they not give him a better livery? Uh, that Sonex car is just the most boring, oh, no. mundane, I mean, you, you'd forget it. In a, if I'm Sonax, I don't even know who Sonax is or what they do, but I'm not even going to bother to live it up because that livery, they're not even trying. Okay. Do you know who owns Sonax? No. Tony George. Really? Really. So, you know, Mr. Low-Key, I think it's appropriate. He's got a very low-key livery. Why have it at all? It's like a 10-year-old uh, did it. No, I don't know. 
Miss Tony George is Mr. Loki, and uh, so I suppose maybe that's appropriate. Well, it sounds like he needs a marketing department because a first-year student at uh, a community college art school could do better. <laughs> uh, I will say that uh, Rhinos VK turned the second fastest lap of the race. Got to give him a little credit for. Uh, yeah, I think I'm a little higher on him than you have been. Uh, let's let's just see where this goes, but I, I I think Renus might be a bit better than you're giving him credit for. Well, more power to him. I wish him all the luck in the world. Yeah, he, he um, might need he might need it with that team. Curb, let's uh, move on. I'm I'm going to be soon making my way down to St. Pete. Yeah. Um, hope to do a little Johnny on the spot interview with you. Maybe inebriated, so I apologize in advance. Well, I'll just uh, add add to the show. Just add to the splendor that is this podcast. Dive in with some picks here. I think it's my turn to go first. Is that right? It is. And um, I'm going to uh, go with Colton Herta on the Redemption Tour this weekend. Wow. Interesting pick, Herb. Uh, I I seem to remember him leading the race last year pretty handily until he somehow threw it away. Yeah, and I also recall him throwing away on a qualifying effort down there as well. Right. Um, I'm going to go with um, the buffoon of uh, Barber, and that's uh, Newgarden. I'm going to cross my fingers and hope that the uh, Willpower Redemption Tour continues. And uh, I that's uh, well, you forced me into a Dixon call there. Yeah. Uh, uh, Dixon, you know, you got to say even at Barber. You know he's still he's still right at the top there, isn't he, Curb? Well, he's he's usually not going to let you down <laughs> too badly. So I've been calling the Dixon uh, demise now for three or four years, and he, he's not delivering on that still. No. Um, I'm gonna. Do you think it's uh, Curb? Do you think it's Emma Dixon that keeps him young? <laughs> <laughs> uh, she might. Uh... <laughs> She might I mean, be the source of his for you. Is that, she might is that be the source of his strength. <laughs> is that the source of his strength? I, I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt okay. it. Um, but we'll leave it there. Um, <laughs> uh, Rossi, Alexander Rossi. Um, he's quickly getting on my uh, dark side, but I'm still going to pick him as with my third pick for the race. Yeah, a real mystery and Barber there, right? Yeah. As you and I said uh, last podcast, it's like. I'm not saying he has to win this year, but he can't go too many more years without winning the championship before he fades into obscurity. I'm not too worried about obscurity for him. He's got to win or his, his uh, I don't know what you want to call it, black hat uh, approach is not going to wear well for long. Fair enough. I will round out with the uh, sea bass. There you go. And the, to pick a Foyt driver in the top six is remarkable in its own right. Yeah, that's that's a good point. And somehow uh, Pat Award is still out there to be picked. Wow. I didn't even notice we didn't pick him. Yeah. There you go. I'm going to leave you with this thought. A thoroughly enjoyable day at Barber Motorsports Park, a thoroughly enjoyable facility, place to watch a race. But three support races in an IndyCar race, and I saw not one pass for a podium position the whole day. Tight track. We'll leave it at that. But uh, I still wish they'd take those fuel knobs out of the cars. <laughs> the fuel knob crusade continues. All right, Curb. 
have a pleasant evening. Uh, hope to talk to you from uh, St. Pete. Okay. Have a good weekend, everybody. Enjoy the races.